built a mighty temple. But before long, the people of Judah turned away from God and began to worship foreign gods and idols. One day, God allowed the Babylonians to attack Judah and destroy the whole city, including God's temple. The people of Judah remained in captivity until one day, God raised up the prophet Haggai to inspire the people to get back to work, saying, The time is now. So today I'm, we're going to begin a brand new series, The Time Is Now, and this is one of the, really something that um, I've really never ever preached out of this book and, and all the years. That, and so, um, but the story that um, we're going to talk about and the account of this is one of those that is, um, is, is just, it, it is now. It's, it's, the time is now for us. Um, it's, the time is now for you where you are and this is a, an account that we need to understand because there's always going to be things that come against us when we do what we're supposed to do. And so we're going to find that and, uh, true in this account, but then we're going to find out how do we get through that? How do we keep going and how do we keep doing this? So now, so let me tell you too, this is going to be the first time that um, I have uh, spoke with my glasses on, all right? And so some of y'all are like, what's up with four eyes up there? Um, and like, it, and it's really bad. I can't see y'all like I normally can with the glare. But um, unfortunately, I got to see this um, to be able to, to make sure I get through this. And so just um, try to ignore that. But um, I just wanted to kind of address the elephant in the room and, and let's just move on from it. So, because um, if you know me, I, I don't like wearing them. And uh, I've held off as long as possible, but here we are. So, um, what's that? Well, that just goes without saying, though, Kim. I'm just saying, but anyway. Thank you, though. I appreciate that. I appreciate that compliment. All right. Well, good deal. Well, today we're going to begin this series. If you have your Bibles or your phone app or whatever, uh, go to the book of, of Haggai. Now, you'll hear it called Haggai. You'll hear it called Haggai. They're both uh, appropriate. Um, I just like Haggai. It's just a little bit easier. Um, and, uh, and that's just how I say it. So um, you'll have to get over it if you don't like that. But We'll work together, and, and so I know that what the guy says in the video, but um, it's just one of those things. Both are appropriate. But Haggai is, is one of the, the minor prophets. Um, if you, for a baseball fan, you know there are some that make it to the majors, and there's some that stay in the minors. Um, that's really not how kind of this works. It's just kind of the way that, uh, that they are uh, separated out in, into the books of the Bible, but... but uh, but Haggai is, is, though he's a minor prophet, has a very important uh, story to tell. And so uh, we're going to kind of dig down into uh, to what he's got for us. Now, some of you are kind of sitting here today, maybe in life, and, and this is where you may find yourself. You know, I thought when I got to this point in my life, I would have this. Or I would be at this place, that I would have achieved this, that this would have been where I could have, you know, achieved all the things that I wanted. Now, the this is whatever is appropriate for you, but for many of us, we sit around in life and we say, you know, by the time I got to, to 40, I thought I would have, you know, this kind of place in life. 
Uh, by the time I got to, to 20, I thought I'd be this place. By the time I got to wherever you may be, that there is this unsettling feeling of, I really thought that things would be different when I got here. Uh, and maybe you're in college and you're thinking, you know, by the time I got to college, I thought that, you know, I would be able to, to have achieved these things, that I would be at this place and, you know, have this GPA and I would have this place and that place and, and I would be at that, you know, status uh, that I thought I would have. And maybe, you know, maybe it's that, you know, you have got out of college, you got your degree, and it was kind of like, you know, I thought once I had my degree that then I would be here, but I'm not here. Maybe it's that you're in your relationship, you know, in your, in your marriage, uh, you thought that by now you guys would have achieved this together, this place where you would have a very happy, harmonious kind of marriage where you didn't still have arguments over toothpaste and uh, toilet seats and all of that stuff. Um, I don't know about you, that still goes on in my house and we're, we're almost 24 years in, you know, and most of that is the girls, but you know, it just happens. Um, that there are things that you think you're gonna be beyond, but you just never seem to get there. You, some of us thought we, we'll have kids and that'll fix all the issues in our marriage. That if I have kids, then, then that'll make us closer and we're going to just work together and we'll be closer. And what you found out was that when you had kids, it really, you know, it separated you even more uh, because there's just things that go on. So you're always trying to think that there's somewhere else to be. Some of us have thought, you know what, I'm going to try religion. And that religion will be the thing that, that gets me there. That I'll do the religious stuff and and then, you know, when life doesn't change the way that you thought it would, because you thought if I'll just do these things, it'll, everything will fall into place. And can I just tell you that it doesn't work that way first. But then two, you know, now you've got there and it's time you, you've tried it. It didn't work the way you wanted, so you're ready to give up. And so there's, we find ourselves getting focused in on tasks that we really want to achieve, but then when things don't go our way, we tend to give up pretty easy and kind of move on to the next thing, thinking that it will get it. For some of us, it's, it's relationships. Some of us, it's, it's jobs. Some of us, it's places. You know, some of us, it's schools. We just think we're, if we can just get to wherever, that things are just going to be all happy and hunky-dory, and, and, and really it has nothing to do with any of those things. And we find ourselves kind of wishing we'd have done something else, but, but here's where the book of Haggai comes in and, and helps us to understand what it's like to find ourselves facing something, wanting to get through something, and then when things don't go our way, what do we do with it? Um, I believe Haggai has a message for all of us. So let me just kind of go back and let me give you some context for the story that we're going to, that we're going to look at and, and help you kind of bring you up to speed on, on what's happened. Uh, the people of Israel have been taken captive. King Solomon is there though. King Solomon is ruling things. He's got things well under control. He's, he's really running the show in a way that God really wants him to. He's built this incredible temple for them, uh, for, for God to, to be in and, and to, to them to worship at. And it's just this amazing place that people would come from everywhere to see. 
But then King Solomon dies, and, and the people then forget that the temple has the importance that it does, and they tend to, to, to move on uh, to other things. Then they find themselves in captivity, where they're taken over by the Babylonians, and man, life is not so good. They end up about 20 years in there, but then it, it begins to kind of run its course. They, they then are taken out of their own land, and it's really this... this um, really difficult time for them. And not only do the Babylonians take the people captive, but they also go in there and they destroy this temple that Solomon had worked so hard to do and that the people had been so united to, to, um, to build and, and all the things there. So now it was really a, a very difficult time. And let me just give you kind of some of the bullet points. I'll put those in your notes so you can kind of see where this happens and, and kind of how we get to where Haggai has a message for us all. In 1587 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar and his armies crushed the southern kingdom of Judah, destroying the temple. So they just, man, they just came in and they just humiliated them. By not just overrunning it, but they just blew it, the place up, destroyed God's house and everything in it. The second was then the Jews were taken into captivity for decades. For, for five decades, they're in captivity. And technically, it's really seven because two of those were spent there before they ever moved them out. So here's this time where the Jews are being held captive. They, they've seen this really good time under Solomon, but now things have really changed for them. We read in here that, I don't know if you really kind of think about what that's like, but where the people of Israel were at the time would be like if somebody, uh, another nation, aimed nuclear weapons at, at like, you know, five or eight of our major cities and then pointed them at the capitals of all the, you know, our allies and said, you know what? You either do what I say or we push the button. Your government either has got to shut down and you got to bow to us or we push the button. Now, we don't, I think we have kind of a concept of what that might be like, but I'm not sure we're even really ready for what that could be like. But that could be that our government would step down. The, they, this other government would, would come in and tell us to do things the way that we do, even coming and taking some of us out of out of our country over there. I know some of us, you know, we say that'll never happen. And, and um, I, you know, I, I don't know that it will either, but, but I'm just saying it, it's a possibility. Things are crazy, and there are crazy people out there that have done crazier things. It, it just it is one of those things. But think about what that would be like for us. Well, that's what it's like for the, for the Jewish people here, the, the Israelites in this captivity, that everything that they love and that they know is, has been taken from them. Then in 538 BC, about 50,000 of the Israelites are allowed to travel back to Jerusalem, the capital of Judah, and to rebuild the temple. So now things have, have lessened up. They've, they've been taken out. Now some of them have been sent back to rebuild the temple and get things back into order. So, so things are looking back up, right? Things, things sound pretty good that they can go back in and do what they've really wanted to do. Because see, the whole time they're in captivity, like all 70 years, all they wanted to do was go back and rebuild the temple. All they wanted to do was get back to worshiping God the way that they had been able to under King Solomon. 
I mean, think about it. If we were held captive, the first thing we would want to do is get back to life as normal, wouldn't we? Like I'm wanting a T-bone with a big baked potato. You know what I'm saying? I'm wanting to get back to to life as normal first thing. And for them, it was the first thing they wanted to do is get back and rebuild the temple. To get back and begin to worship God the way that they had the whole time. And so for this period of time, they, they began... And so they're there rebuilding, and all of a sudden, some opposition comes from the Samaritans, the people that the Jews really didn't get along with. And they began to oppose the work that the Jews were trying to do to rebuild the temple. Now, think about that. Think about what it's like when you've set your mind to do something that you've always wanted to do, something that means a lot to you. You set your mind to it, and then all of a sudden, everybody starts to tell you that you shouldn't do it. Everybody begins to tell you why that ain't going to work. I mean, some of you have started your own businesses. Certainly people say, hey, why are you doing that? Why? What in the world? Some of you are still kind of saying, what in the world am I doing? But, but it's like, you know, there, there was this opposition of, of I'm not going to, you know, I don't think you should do that. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think you can do it. And, and so what happened to the Jewish people was when that opposition came, did they keep going? No, they shut it down. And so for like 14 years, they didn't do anything to the temple. They stopped the work and they began to focus in on on their own homes. And they began to build themselves some pretty elaborate places. They began to really take care and make sure that what they had was really good while the temple lay in ruins and nobody really cared about it. All because somebody had come against them and said, man, I don't think you should do that. I don't think that's going to work. I don't, we don't want you to do that. So here's God's house laying in ruins. Their houses are being built. And God's had enough. So he sends his prophet Haggai in to tell the, the Israelites a message from him. It's time for something to change. In Haggai chapter 1, verse 2, we begin to read... Um, hear the account of, of how this goes. Uh, God comes to Haggai. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. This is what Haggai is reporting to the people. He says, these people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. So these people are saying it's not time to rebuild it. Very interesting that God here for the very first time, it's kind of funny in a way, because all this time, he's talked about the, the Israelites, the Jewish people, as, and he would refer to them as my people. These are my people. These are my people that I'm, that I'm doing this through. But very interesting at this point, he says, these people. Now, husbands, you probably can kind of understand how this works. You come home from work, and the kids have been crazy all day. And your wife is there, and she begins to refer to, their, to those children as those children. Your children or those children. Suddenly they are no longer your together children, but they're your children. And they're, they, are, they're, they don't belong to her. They only belong to you. Anybody kind of with me? Because, you know, these kids, you know, those kids of yours. You know, and I'm like thinking like, you know, the last time I remember, like you were there when they, when this all this happened, you know, I, you were kind of a part of it. And so they're our kids. 
But here, God's kind of doing the same thing. He's kind of like, nope, I don't want anything to do with them right now. Had enough. And so he says these people say that it's not time to rebuild the temple. It's not time to take care of God's house. And so today, as we look at this, it's, you know, I think we can understand where, you know, we've had things to do and opposition has come. And and God, though, as he's called us to do things, we begin to realize that, you know what, I should have just done what what he told me to do. And that's where we're going to find the Israelites receiving this message is realizing that they should have been following God and not listening to the opposition of whoever would come against them. They're saying, these people are saying, the time is not now. It's, it's not right. It's not a good thing to do it right now. Why, why is that? Because some people that you don't really like have told you that you shouldn't do it? Man, sometimes we spend so much time worrying about what people we don't even know think about us. You ever thought about that? I mean, some of us, we, we shop just so people that we don't even know will, will think better of us. That'll be impressed. Now, we may not say it in those terms, but that's really what we do. We, we buy cars so that when we drive down the road, people that we don't even know will think we have a really nice car. Lots of things that we do are for people that have no significance in our lives whatsoever. And here the Israelites were, were really listening to people who had no significance when it came to, their, to worshiping who they were supposed to be worshiping. So we need to understand that, that God's got a plan for us. And when he calls us to this plan, that it doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks or does, that it's our responsibility to do what it is that he asks us to do. These people, they're saying it's not time. Samaritans were opposing them. And so it's just kind of this funny thing to think about how they got so off track. Receiving opposition, though, let me just make sure that you understand. That receiving opposition isn't necessarily a sign that you're out of God's will. Many times we, we look at people who are having difficult times or even in our own lives and we think, man, I must be really out of whack with what God wants for me because things are crazy right now. But see, opposition outside of us and, and against us isn't always a sign that, things are, that we're out of God's will. Many times it's a sign that we are in God's will. That because we're following him and we're doing what he's asked us to do, that sometimes things come against us that try to get us off track from doing exactly what he wants us to do. So today I want to kind of encourage you to understand that when God calls you to do something, don't listen to everything else around you. And just because everybody's got an opinion and everything doesn't seem to go just perfect, listen, you, you can't listen to all of that. You've got to be willing to listen to God. And so I want to help us to understand that sometimes there are some decisions that we have to make when we face these things. And so I want to give you a little truth that I think really helps with where we are with this. It's this, that sometimes we have to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. Sometimes we've got to choose the hard right over the easy wrong.
You can tell yourself, God, with your help, man, if you empower me and you do this, you choose me, um, I'll, I'll always do the, the hard thing over the easy thing. But I can tell you from my own experience, sometimes you can want to do that hard thing really bad, but sometimes the easy wrong is just so much easier to do. And you can find yourself in a really awkward place. It would be so easy when someone hurts your feelings to hold a grudge, to be angry, to not want to give forgiveness. But the hard and the right thing is to forgive them when they hurt you. It's hard to do. Man, that's one of the hardest things I think maybe we have to face is actually forgiving somebody who's done wrong to us. But it's the, it's the right hard thing. The easy wrong thing is just to hold the grudge and, and let it just continue to grow and fester. And, and so I, I'm telling you, I've struggled with that before. It's hard to do. But when you let yourself forgive someone, things get so much better. It's easy to continue to spend more than you make. It's really easy to do that. Man, money can, it, you can, it can run through, you You know, like, like salad sometimes, right? Some of y'all get that picture later, but I'm just telling you, money just kind of goes fast and faster than it, man, it, oh, it's crazy. But we find ourselves dealing with, with debt, and then, you know, the, the easy thing is to keep spending it. But the hard thing is to say, you know what, I better hold on to some of it. I better learn how not to spend more, because if I keep spending this way, I'm going to stay in debt, and eventually I'm going to be in trouble, because sooner or later, the holes get too big to really get out of. The right thing, and the hard right, is to not spend it, but save it, and be generous with it. Sometimes it's so easy to give up, to not make a difference. But as, as we trust him and as we follow him and we do the things that he asks us to do, we'll choose the hard right over the easy wrong every time. It's, it's through our relationship with him that we're able to do that. So I want to just ask you right now, just think about your life. What's the, what's the hard right that you need to choose to do rather than the easy wrong you've been letting go? What is it for you? Is it something that deals with relationships or with school or finances or, or whatever it is? Does somebody need to forgive rather than to continue to hold a grudge against? And I see relationships fall apart so much because we're just not really willing to do the hard stuff. And if we'll just do it, man, I can tell you, when we do the hard rights, they, sooner or later, they get to become easy rights. And we find ourselves able to finish it out and complete it the way that God wants us to. Maybe today there's just a burden that you've got that you've been struggling with what to do next with it. What is it that you're going to do? Are you going to choose the hard right or are you going to choose the easy wrong? The time's now. I guess I says, listen, don't wait. Don't keep listening to all the negativity around you. 
choose today to do the hard thing. Don't give in to the easy. In verse 3 says this, And the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is, time, it is, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought. I mean, sometimes I think we're so easily distracted and we give in so easily that we never give careful thought to the things that God really wants to do in our lives. That we never listen long enough to, to do it and we're never really willing to do those hard things in order to allow him to do the easy things in our lives. Can I just tell you one of the hardest rights I think there is to do in a, in a marriage relationship is for you to pray together as a couple. For some reason, that seems like the hardest thing to do. I mean, even in my own marriage with Kelly and I, we, we struggle to have that on a regular basis. But can I tell you, though, when we do, man, things are so much different and so much better. It's a hard right. And often we give in to the easy wrong by, by not doing it together. Think about what that's like in your life. What is it that you're, that you're letting go that God's calling you to do? What is it that, that you've got distracted from that God really wants to do in your life? Verse 6 says, you have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Man, it's kind of kind of like working your butt off, right? I mean, for some in the room, I mean, somebody was telling me today they worked like 70 hours this week. That's a lot of work, isn't it? And sometimes we, I mean, we, many of us work kind of some of those hours, that's a lot of hours, but then at the end of the week to find that, man, some of it just kind of fell through, and we're like, where did all that go? You know, even if we manage it well, it still goes out as fast as it comes in. I think sometimes we find ourselves in those places where we're never able to be content, never able to be um, full, because we're, we've got ourselves distracted from what God really wants us to do in life. Haggai says, listen, you got you to gotta get this together. Verse 7 and 8, I love them. They're so cool. God's so loving and he's so good to us. And I, I just I love listening to, to what he says in this. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. And see, so he loves us enough. This is what I love about this. He loves us enough that when there's something that he wants us to do, that he will break it down very easily for us. He doesn't keep us in the dark about it, and he doesn't give us the whole picture because if we saw the whole picture of everything, we'd probably give up too. And so in, verse, in verses 7 and 8 here, I love what he says um, to us, and he says, Go up into the mountains, bring down the timber, and build my house, so that I may take pleasure in it, and be honored. Let me just think about that. He says there's something really important that needs to be done. And they've been missing out on it this whole time because they've said, oh, the time's not now because, you know, we, 
ultimately they had a little bit of pushback against what they wanted to do. And so they said, you know, we're not going to do anything. We'll just kind of look after ourselves. And God says, listen, here's what needs to be done. And I'm going to make it very simple for you. Go up into the mountains, cut down the trees and come back and build my, my temple. How much more simple could he make it for them? Listen, he's saying the same thing to us. That whatever he's called you to and whatever he's called me to, it's very simple that we just need to go and do it. Go wherever it is he's called you to go. Do whatever he's told you to do. And then watch him be honored and blessed by it. And you know what I love? The fact that we, we should never do it for this, but what I love about when we do what God tells us to do and we go where he tells us to go and we, you know, we follow through on that and we lift him up with whatever we do, he always blesses us back. Like some of the stuff I think we've been looking for and longing for in our lives, the fact is, is the reason we don't have it is because we've just never gone up to the mountain and cut down the timber and built the temple up for God in our lives. And so today he's saying, listen, you may be distracted with a whole bunch of stuff going on. I know that that job that you really wanted didn't work out the way that it, that it was supposed to. I know that marriage, man, it's, it's not what you wanted it to be. Or, or maybe, you know, if it's over and done, that man, it just you're, you got so hurt in that. Maybe it's that, there's, that the child that you love so much is gone and they've done their own thing. He says, listen, it's time. It's time to get busy and do what I've asked you to do and allow me to do what I want to do in your life. It's very simple for us that whatever we're to be doing is to get busy with it. Go up into the mountains, cut down the, the timber, and come back and put it together and build the temple that, that allows God to be worshipped and seen for who he is in your life. That means quit sitting around and, and, and whining about it. That sounds really harsh coming from me, right? But can I tell you that I'm like the biggest whiner in the room? Man, I, get so, I have such pity parties for myself. And sometimes it's all about if I would just get up and go do what God told me to do to begin with. If I go visit that person or go call that person or go just whatever it is that, that he's asking me to do. If I would just go do it and point everybody to him that I wouldn't have to feel the way that I feel sometimes. I mean, am I the only one in the room that maybe is there? Because I'm thinking if I would just always do what he wants me to do. And I'd do my best to do that. But there's still times where I know I, I kind of leave him, I leave his temple looking not so good in my life. And see, what happens, though, is he gives us these very simple instructions. Go up to the mountain, cut down the timber, and then come back and build my house. He gives us those three simple tips. But what we always want to know is we always want to know four, five, and six. Okay, God, well, if I go do that, then what's going to happen? Is it going to work out the way that I want it to? Am I going to get to do what I want to do? Is it going to, am I going to get everything that I wanted to get? We always want to know what four, five, and six are, but the fact is, is we knew what they were like, and we knew what was coming after we do it. Many times we would, we would quit, and we would never follow through because 
Sometimes, listen, it's not what we want it to be. But I can tell you it's always what we need it to be. That you'll be way more blessed with four, five, and six God's way than your way. And he simply says, go do it. Go up to the mountain, bring down the timber, and start building my house. What is it for you that you just need to do? Can I tell you, if you just sit around and wait for your marriage to get better, you know what's going to happen? It's going to get worse. If you sit around and wait for your debt situation to get better, and you just keep spending it the way you've been spending it and living the way you've been living, guess what? It's just going to get worse. Your kids are only going to get older and meaner. I'm just telling you. You better love them and you better build the relationship now. I was thinking the other day, like, my oldest, Allie, is 16. And I'm thinking, like, okay, how many weekends do I have left with her before she leaves? It's not many. For some of us in the room, those weekends are gone. What are we going to do with it? I don't think just because they may look gone to us. Listen, I still believe that there's a very simple formula for us. Go up to the mountain, cut down the timber, and build the temple. Today, whatever it is that you're facing, I'm going to tell you it's very simple. I, I, I want to kind of break this down to you very, very gently. And here's the truth that I want you to walk away with today. The way to get started is to quit talking and start doing. Can I give you that in a very, I want to share that with you in a very eloquent way. Okay, I want, to, I want, you, to, I want you to feel the poetry as I say this. Shut up and get busy. Can we just, can we quit talking about all the things that the church isn't? Can we quit talking about all the church, all the things the church is supposed to be? Can we just quit talking about all of that stuff and just make it what it's supposed to be? I, I was, I, somebody posted this thing on Facebook and I, I try not to do this y'all, but, but it like drove me nuts. It was this really long tirade and it was even shared by some people and it was about how people don't come to church anymore because of church people. Because this person has let them, this person down and that person's hurt that person's feelings and blah, 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 blah. Listen, we're all people and we're going to hurt each other. But if we'll let our temple be what it's supposed to be, if we'll focus on God being who he needs to be in my life, then I'm going to get hurt less and I'm going to hurt less people. If you do that, the same is true for you. So can we, please, if you're a Christian, don't share that mess. Because it doesn't do any good. It just reminds people of what is true. But I would just soon rather share something that, take that kind of truth and turn it and be the person who does my best to not hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, I probably did when I said shut up and I get that. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. All right. I mean, I'm just trying to. Y'all know me, I'm going to tell you like it is. 
but it's true, and I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. There is a task that is great before us. There are people in our community who are dying every day that don't know Jesus Christ. And so we can, can we quit worrying about how we hurt each other's feelings and get busy sharing the gospel with those around us? Y'all are kind of still like God's dead thing. I'm, are you with me? Like, did I hurt all of your feelings? I'm really sorry. I know I, I, know I didn't. I know I didn't. I know y'all love me enough. You'll take that from me. But I am. I mean, I'm talking to me. I'm just, I'm just uh, kind of done with all that. Let's just get busy. You know, let's, let's go tell somebody today that God had this amazing plan. That he really began with the plan for us to be in his presence all the time. He, he designed this, this place to be a beautiful place that, you know, and in the beginning, Adam and Eve had him all to themselves. Well, he could hang out with them. And, and so this beautiful design that he had was for him to be able to, to express love to us at all times. But then it, there entered sin. And sin broke all of that. And, and sin began to take what God intended for good and it, and it made it for evil. And so for, since that, that moment in the Garden of Eden, that brokenness has been there, and we've tried every way we know to make it something positive. We've tried drugs, we've tried sex, we've tried, you know, jobs, we've tried money, we've tried all of the things to make this become this. But the truth is, is that none of this can never get us back to where this is. And so God came and he knew there was only one way and that was for his son Jesus to come and die on a cross, pay the price for our sins so that we may be restored to him and so he can take all of this and he can make it and turn it into this. And there's only one way for that to happen. So Jesus came to earth, he died on a cross, he was buried and on the third day he was raised again. So the debt of our sin is paid and the ceiling of our eternity was made right. When you make a decision to accept Christ as your Savior, he then makes all of this stuff. He takes it all away and he allows you to, and I to be able to experience this for eternity. Life's still going to be tough. We're going to face obstacles and opposition. We're going to have a hard time while we're here. But can I just tell you that when we die and with Jesus as our Savior, we get to experience this, all of this that he had for us for eternity. And so today, I, I just want to ask you, you know, if you're still living here and your ultimate goal is to be to have this in your life, can I tell you there is only one way and that is Jesus. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. You can buy houses, cars, you can have multiple partners, you can have, you know, every kind of medication and legal or illegal. But can I tell you at the end of the day, the only thing that works is Jesus. He's the only one that is worthy of having the temple built to honor him.
The time is now. For some of us, today's the day. It's time to quit running and trying to fill it with all of this stuff. And focus in on him and let him make you the best version of you there could ever be. Time's now. Let's quit talking. And let's start doing. God, today I pray that as we, as we spend this time together that, God, I don't know what everyone's story is. I don't know what everyone's goal is for you, God. I don't know what it is that they are to do. God, I certainly don't know what every opposition is that's come against them. But God, the good news is I don't have to know because I know that you already do. And so God, you know what you have for them. You know what they're facing. And God, you know where they ultimately, where you ultimately want them to be. And so God, today I pray that as we have searched long and far, trying to find something that will fill the void that only you can fill in our lives, that God, that today we come to the place to know that the time is now that you are it. God, today you want to restore us to you. For those that have come in here today separated and longing for that God, today is a day to accept you. Not, not a church, not a denomination, not, a, not an artist, not a whatever. God, to accept you. And so today, may we come humbly to you, realizing that, that you're the way. So God, draw us to you. For those that need a relationship with you today, may, may they realize that now's the time. To not worry about what anybody else is going to think, not worry about all that they've done that may be too far away from you, but just to know today that you are ready and waiting on them and you'll meet them before they could even take a whole step. You're ready to do that. God, for those of us that maybe have just taken, we, we've, we've gone and we've been worried about our own house and not about yours. God, may we come back to you and allow you to forgive us and use us in a great way today. God, maybe today somebody's here and there's an addiction that they've just been dealing with for so long. They just felt like they're never going to be able to let go. That, they, that it's never going to let go of them. God, may your voice be stronger and louder today than anything that they can hear. May your presence be greater and stronger than anything they can feel. God, may they just be able to give themselves over to you and ready to just go and build that temple for you to be worshiped and and adored and, and honored the way that you should. So 
God, thank you today for this word. That no matter what we face, God, that we can truly know that you are there with us. That you have a very simple plan for every one of us if we'll simply just follow through. God, you are so good to us. That you love us enough to keep it so simple. To never walk away from us. Help us to be reminded of that today. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.